0: Hi everyone. Just because a teacher has a, a different set of morals than we do, it doesn't mean that he's wrong and that he's fake or that he's not enlightened. So we have to watch it. Staying away from an abusive teacher and, and judging him because he's uh, yeah, sexually or physical, physically abusive understand that. That's very clear. One should stay away from such a teacher, it doesn't say that he's not enlightened. It just says that, it shows that he has uh, unworked shadows. But a teacher that has a different set of values than us, this, this is completely um, different. And we should watch out for it. Because our mind as uh, so-called uh, disciples, can sometimes fool us. On one hand, we lift our teacher really high, we project uh, an image on him that might not be completely true, you know, an image of perfection. And then when we see that, yeah, when we see when that he's not living up to this perfection, we, we cancel him, we get disappointment. We leave the spiritual path, we, you know, our mind uses it as, a, as an excuse to stay in power and we say to ourselves, yeah, this whole spiritual path is nonsense, look at our teacher. He didn't live up to his truth, there's not sh- such a thing as truth. If our teachers cannot live up to it, then what is it all about? So this is a result of an immature way to understand what freedom is about. And this I talked about in my past podcasts about shadow work that is needed and so forth. But I'm talking about when we cancer a teacher because of uh, moral values. Well, the teacher, let's say, is a meat eater; he's not a vegetarian, or he has uh, three girlfriends. Yeah, the, the three women agree to be his girlfriends and they don't mind to do it simultaneously. Oh, I mean, there are many other examples, but this is a completely different story. Our, our teacher doesn't have to have the same value as us. Yeah, there's a line. There's a There's a clear line between having different values to being abusive. And when you have different values your own values and you live up to them and you don't invade the other then there's nothing wrong with it with the other when the other people around you accept it i don't see anything wrong about it so we need to watch it because our mind can crucify the teacher and i use a strong word in order to justify cancelling the whole spiritual path doubting what truth is about and so forth maybe the teacher doesn't give us what we hope to to get you know a quick enlightenment or maybe the teacher is not li- living up to our projections So the whole relationship with the teacher is really, really important because it shows us where we are, how much we are willing to take responsibility and yeah, relate to the whole spiritual path in a realistic, down-to-earth way. So something for you to think about. How do you find that that fine line of listening to a teacher, being inspired by him, and yet keeping your own responsibility and your own discriminative intelligence to, to take what he says, what you think is right for you, and maybe some other things not to take and create your own understanding, writing your own book. You you need to write your own spiritual book. Find out what is true for yourself. This is very important. Because like I said, nobody can give you salvation, you have to do it yourself. Of course, you use the aid and the clarity of other teachers, but eventually, you have to realize it yourself and you have to interpret truth yourself. And you have to decide how you want to live life from the space of realizing that the impersonal side of you. And as I always like to say, this is really, for me, it's the highest form of creativity. To move from being fragmented, completely identified, with the egoic mind to realizing your eternal self and then combining both, integrating both and living it. This is the highest creativity. Okay, thank you very much. Hi everyone. Uh, Today I have a guest, it's a good friend of mine. His name is Joel, and uh, we've been um, friends for quite a while and uh, over the last 10 years kind of unintentionally I've been uh, guiding him and um, yeah it's beautiful to see how his progression and how he's becoming more silent more aware and yeah so he's sitting here with me and we would like to talk about a few topics so we probably start with one topic in this podcast and then hopefully make a few more.
1: Hi, I'm Yoel. Um, I would like to ask you a question today about uh, my situation, my life situation. Uh, I feel I'm in a, an okay state, no major problems or dramas happening. Um, but I'm not sure if this is uh, what life is about, you know, this, uh, everything's okay. I don't suffer too much, but I also don't have much passion and uh, energy in my life. And, um, yeah, I'll be reading books and I'm not sure if this is uh, how to go on with life, to start looking for these uh, highs or uh, passions or to accept the okayness of where I am. So,
0: I I think that... um this okayness uh, I'm talking about, many other teachers talk about, is, is basically to find the fullness in, in, in life and in um, in our current condition that is unconditional. Yeah, so whatever is happening, there's also fullness in the background, there's also an okayness in the background. And this is... Um, this is so called our base, but it doesn't, it doesn't how would I say um, cancel our, our desire, and I know desire is a dirty word in spirituality. It doesn't cancel a desire, and our longings to express ourselves and create. I think it's a it's a natural human condition. So we can easily misinterpret things in so-called spirituality and kind of castrate ourselves. You know, we say um, that we think that the, the goal is to uh, to be f- fine with everything that is happening. And uh, and that's and yeah, and that's fine. But um, yeah, it's it's about also. uh we should not neglect our, our natural impulse to create, which if we look at reality, it's all about creations. So on one hand, you're saying everything is okay, right? That's what you everything's yeah. okay. And, and when you feel desires, uh, you feel a, some kind of a sense of a lack because when you want to exp- uh, uh, do things or express yourself, you kind of, uh, feel guilty about it or you think that it's wrong because it's the so-called uh, non-dual teachings they say that it's a desire from the mind and you're supposed to be okay in this uh okay life
1: yeah and if uh if it's legitimate to pursue um happiness or uh, fun things or just to be okay with what there is, you know, without to initiate any deeper contact with life or more actions that might bring joy. I I, I
0: definitely think that um, it's, it's completely legitimate to pursue... Um, yeah. Okay, it's all words, but I'll use the words that I like to use. It's completely legitimate to pursue uh, e- expressions, interactions with life that gives us satisfaction and, and so forth. The question is when this doesn't that doesn't happen the way we, we want it or uh, the, the fulfillment doesn't when things don't work out in this direction if we are completely um in a sense of lack or there's still, uh, our base is still this, like again, what I like to call this okayness, You understand? So a person who's, uh, has a sense of constant lack, who's identified with the mind, who's, who has no space beyond the mind, he's on a constant chase of, um, gratifications. But, uh, so he's, so his pursuit of uh creativity and and gratification is to so-called uh, soothe his uh his pain of being uh, fragmented but the more whole you are there's no um anxiety on on the pursuing of of uh so-called creativity or because you already everything is okay and the um whatever you're doing is is part of your it's part of your existence but it's not um so-called uh i even call it an escape me- mechanism from from your f- from your suffering that comes as uh, with an
1: identification of the mind yeah but doesn't it create a, a hierarchy in in life like uh, does not it encourage the pursuit of uh, of uh, fun things and escape from uh, suffering listen look at now now it's
0: summertime yeah and we uh we we just went yesterday to a rock concert that was fun and i tell you if there's a i'm already thinking well on the 4th of july there's another rock concert i would like to go to and i like to go to the lake so i'm i'm pursuing fun i like fun uh, enjoyment and everything Uh, i don't see anything wrong about it the, the only thing is that the only thing is yeah that that if I'll be in a constant lack with myself I'll be, be dependent on these so-called fun things and I'll think that these fun things that I'm doing uh will be um the, the 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 so-called answer you know the answer to 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 my suffering and it's not the answer to my suffering it's just a it's it's just extra it just no, know the icing on the cake <laughs> and and it's fun and it's great i mean imagine life without music imagine life without i mean yeah no I, th- there are things in so-called the uh, non-dual teachings that are mi- we misinterpret or they just go they're not realistic because we're still in a human body and and we have uh We have needs, sorry guys. We have needs. (laughs) Don't cancel your needs in the name of spirituality. the 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 question is if these needs are there to, to fill a hole, a hole in your uh, soul, or they're just giving a a so-called these needs give you um, how would I say a a
1: deeper interaction with life, uh, more creative life. More colorful life, but it's not that the this deeper interaction with life, for example, this can happen also when nothing is happening in life, right? When when in the okayness, it doesn't happen only in fun things. So from what um, I read, um, it's uh, it's it's about accepting the situation as it is and not changing the situation so much. It is about accept. It's not
0: even accepting or not accepting. The situation is as it is, you know. It's beyond accepting or not accepting. But like I say, um, life is there to be lived, you know. Life yeah. is there to be lived, and you know, if you look, you look at this so-called typical um, image of a of a Indian saint sitting all day doing nothing and. He's um he's content. I think this is um a false a- image of of a of a liberated person. I I I don't think it's in a way. Maybe this guy sitting there is conditioned by his own uh, religion. But uh, to be a human being is much more than just sitting and yeah and and in, in silence. You know.
1: Yeah, but the, the in every situation that we are. Uh, there is life, you know, also in the dullest moment. Yeah, of course there is life. Of course, every situation there is life. So why do we we categorize some situation as better and some situation as worse, if we can just be intimate with with that moment the way it is? Yeah, I'm not saying one is better
0: and worse, and one is worse, but uh, let's say if... um, If we look, let's say we look like, say, we take example, your life that now you're, you're, um, so-called, you're not working and life is fine and everything. If you're going to, let's say now go volunteer, I don't, to help, um, kids, kids that were, uh, injured in the Ukraine war, they're in the hospital now, and you would have gone to volunteer there and take care of them and help them now. It would have given you another dimension to your to your life. It would have given um, it would have enriched you. You understand? You cannot um, you cannot deny that um, there are different uh, levels of in and depths of interaction with life. You cannot deny. It would have enriched you, or or if you have kids or you don't have kids. I mean, look, if you wouldn't have ha- had kids, we we're talking about yesterday. Life would have been fine, right? But bringing children to the world gives a, it gives another dimension to our existence. It enriches us. So I'm not saying you cannot enrich yourself in other ways, but to be a free human being is not to uh, sit at home and meditate all day. You understand. That's that's how I see it. So um, I see it. I see it from my life. That of course after awakening, everything uh, was um, was fine, was full. But I'm a completely different person, different kind of awakened person. I always like to insist that this the person, this person is is, is still there. Yeah. I'm still a different kind of awakened person than I was back then. And it has to do with my com- how much I was willing to commit myself to life. Basically, um, bring kids, uh, stay in a relationship, uh, take responsibility for things. Yeah, the relative has... The, the only illusion about the relative, you know, they say, oh, we're, the eye uh, the, the is an illusion. The only illusion about the relative is that it's um it thinks it has its own autonomy you know what i mean like that that we're separated and we're, we have our own autonomy but and that's the only illusion because in reality we're part of the whole but still even though we're part of the whole th- there is there is a human aspect to us that it comes from the whole you know and that human aspect has to be uh respected and cherished and and giving space to. And sometimes our ego, our so-called, uh, when we on the spiritual path, we even wake up, we like to kind of, we, unaware, we're unaware, but we can easily become, um, I'll call it arrogant, you know? Oh, now we're beyond the human condition. Yeah? We're beyond uh, the human suffering, but, it's not like that, there is still suffering. It's just, um, I call it pure suffering. And the suffering is pure because there's no I. So there is suffering, but what the difference is between a person who has an I, who feels himself as an autonomy, an, uh, uh, autonomy is that he doesn't think, he doesn't have that sense of entitlement or or, or he doesn't think that he's, he's spared from hum, human suffering, that. Yeah. So, it, it's a, what gives us suffering is, uh, the extra suffering is the feeling, oh, why is it happening to me? So far.
1: Okay. Thanks a lot. Uh, it clarifies a lot. And uh, I'll take it with me. All right. Thank you hi everyone
0: okay i'm here with my uh, friend Joev and we're going to discuss some interesting topics and um yeah let's start with the first topic that you have on your mind
1: hi yeah i would like to ask you a question about um moving into the world i feel uh, i've gone quite a way in uh, creating uh, intimacy with myself i feel much more connected to myself um these days than before. And especially I feel it when I'm on my own, sitting, uh, writing at home, or making music, or just being with myself, and it's a great feeling and I enjoy it. But my question is about uh, moving outwards to the world. Because I understood that this intimacy is uh, actually what (laughs) what it's all about, and that's what gives me a lot of pleasure in life. But I noticed that as soon as I um, Pursue other uh, targets. Like I want to create more dialogue with with people and with life. I uh, lose touch with myself a bit. That's a kind of a price that I pay for uh, <laughs> being being out there. And um, my question is, if it's uh, if if it's worth it, and if that's the way to go, because. Um, if the, the, the goal is to feel this intimacy and I lose it when I'm interacting with the world, maybe I should just uh, avoid it and stay just with myself where I'm um, in a kind of uh, peacefulness. And this is the number one question that always
0: uh, <clears throat> in so-called non-dual meetings that people ask, how to keep the silence, the intimacy that I realize when I'm on my own, how to keep it in the world. And in a way, this is the the whole practice that one should uh, be involved with, to to pull himself out slowly out of this uh, reaction, all the reaction that he has when he meets people and stay unconditionally in uh, peace and intimacy. So the reactions that you, like, that happen when we meet people are basically come out of our projections. You know, we have past experiences. Um, with that the from with people, and we have longings that people uh, will re- will give us a certain kind of recognition or love. So it's all about our relationship with other human beings, and once we slowly manage to overcome and see, basically, not overcome, but see the illusions and all this, then we manage to keep our own intimacy in silence. So it's a natural uh, movement, and I advocate making the always this movement. You know, you go on a retreat. After you go on a retreat, go back to the world. You're at home connecting to intimacy. Go out and see that this intimacy is unconditional because it's... Because because when you look at a certain situation that pulled you out of the, this silence and intimacy, you'll you slowly, if you investigate into it, you'll see that it's a certain projection, a certain reaction from the reaction from the past. So one per person will react to, to this kind of person, the other person will react to the, the other kind of person, one person is going to react to this kind of situation. But when it comes down to, all the reactions come down to our hope, and longing to receive love and recognition from
1: the other. Yeah. So this yeah, is... I, I see what you mean and I experienced it as well. Uh, the question is, okay, what to do with it? I know this is a mechanism and uh, these these situations take me out of it, intimacy, but this is what happens and the question is how to maintain this intimacy while interacting with people. Then you have to go and and,
0: and check what are your reaction check on your, your reactions you know you when you let's say for instance um you go and you meet uh an older man and you realize with this particular person or some a certain person you see oh i'm losing myself there yeah i'm not keeping the integrity that i've that i have so you investigate, well, what is this person triggering in me, and, and so forth. You investigate, this is what I call shadow work, you investigate
1: in, into seeing what is being triggered. Yeah, but, the, but my question is, okay, so I see it, but it still happens. That's always the question, I think, in spirituality that too many things I am aware of, but they, they stay the same, there's no change. So this awareness of course is important, but then still the intimacy isn't there. Even if I know the story and why I lose the intimacy, it's still, it's still gone. You mean how you,
0: how, uh, you break that, that, uh, the, the reactions basically, how you, yeah, how you break the reaction and stay in silence in an intimacy. So it's two things, the more you deepen your silence, the more you connect to who you are beyond your so-called relative identity, beyond the mind, the more so called depth you have the more the stronger your presence is and when you go when you go and you meet a person in from a space of strong presence it will be much easier for you not to react so on one hand like you're on a retreat at home, you just, uh, it's like going to a meditation retreat. You deepen your silence, you deepen your presence, and then you go to the world, and then the situation comes. So first step is, you, you come and you, you, and it's always, we can see that our reactions are always in the same situation, same type of people. It comes back again and again, because it's from a certain past memory. So we meet the person and right away we react. It just goes like, like whoosh, we explode, right? Or we feel, we have this feeling of uh, feeling small or angry or whatever it is. So from a space of presence, okay, it's there, but we, we, we also connect to something that is, a, we, we, we do all our, our best to, to connect to a space that is also beyond that. Yeah, because we can see even if we react, there's also a space of silence and that is still there. If we don't, if we don't judge our reaction, if we don't uh, we don't say to ourselves, ah shit, again I'm reacting. We'll see that within this reaction, we we have we haven't left. We're still there. That's what people do. They they cancel themselves, they're too hard on themselves. And so yeah, so then there's a reaction. And then we say, okay. And this is what I used to do with my uh, so-called shadow work. Okay, I realize, oh, I'm I'm really reacting here. And then the next day or the next hour, okay, here it comes again. Now I'm a bit smarter. I already know that it, with this type of person, it always happens. Yeah. And I feel it again. It's happening. The reaction, but in this reaction, the middle of the reaction, I already have awareness. Yeah. I have awareness and with this awareness who I really am takes up deeper space. I'm still reacting, I'm there, but I'm aware in this reaction. The reaction doesn't happen without awareness. I'm aware of this reaction. Oh, here it's happening. Oh, and I feel it. I feel the texture of the reaction, the, the feelings of everything. And then next step, it starts, it, it comes, I, I meet the person again. And the reaction again starts to come, but now I'm aware. I'm already. I'm. I'm already. Uh, I was uh, waiting for it. Waiting for it, and and I and I just and I, I stay there with emotions, and I really feel what is being triggered within me without letting it out on 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 uh, in the situation. You understand this is the thing. I take responsibility. I don't just react. I just really feel from the space of presence and silence. I embrace what is being so so let's say this person I have a lot of anger, I get angry at this person. so i am I s I'm I'm with it and I I hold it and hey, what's really happening here? Even while I get angry and there's awareness there already, oh, I'm also sad, you understand? So you start to bring things back to yourself and then and then the situation happens again. And you're aware, already aware that there is sadness there. Yeah, there's a, a sadness comes, and when and when you meet the person, you feel the sadness, and when you feel the sadness of so the, the 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 anger doesn't come out anymore. Okay, you're reacting, but it doesn't affect this. There's no anger. There's a different quality to it, and and then we again you meet the person, and and th- there's a feeling of sadness starting to come. Like it, it starts to come up the surface, but you're already in silence, you already already, uh, how would I say it, uh, you know it. Uh, you know that it's uh, from the past. And with your present, with your silence, you just embrace it. So it's up to a point that you meet the person, you feel it, the, the so-called the reaction coming, the sadness, and then it goes away because it's, it's not relevant to the moment because any reaction is not relevant to the moment, but the thing is, we have to so-called—I um, uh, don't know if it's the right word—dispel it. So, kind of uh, expose it and and go into it to prove to ourselves that it's not real. You understand? When you react, you don't know what's going on, but when you go into the source of the reaction from a space of present, you you prove to yourself, hey, this is sadness that belongs to the past. Is not has no relevance, because look, it's am much bigger than that. You know, in in human psych, in in so called psychotherapy, they call it uh, to to embrace the child, step out of the child space. You know. But when I was doing that, I was really meticulously going through this process, and it takes time. I mean, I had reactions that took me maybe 2 years to to go beyond you know so people don't really know how much um they need to be so uh, attentive and so focused if you they really want to break this uh, um mechanism automatic mechanism of of reaction yeah even even so called conditioning after you wake up there's still a conditioning and I, I um i heard one teacher says yeah i'm i'm like this i'm i'm, I'm be- i behave like this because it's my social conditioning and of course it's a social conditioning that we're born with and i still i know i don't want to say I believe i i know that it's it, it's possible also after awakening to go beyond our 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 Collective conditionings. So you can go really far. So there's a difference between waking up and then to becoming a nobody. What I wanted to say, becoming a nobody is basically when you wake up, you still have your reactions and everything. But then you become a nobody is basically that also your reaction, your your relative identity, you kind of, uh, it kind of starts to shrink. It's still there, but in a different intensity, a lot lower intensity. So what I want to show you is, and also in my book I talk about it, um, reactions are happening before awakening or after awakening. It's something that we all have to deal with at a certain point of our lives. Kind of um, prove to ourselves that we can live, we can exist without uh, our stories. The thing is, we think that we need our stories because it's who we are. And our stories are just experiences that happen happened to us, and who's this us that it happened to? You know, it's uh, us as presence, internal presence. So we tend to identify, we create identity according to our experience, but who's the experiencer and all this? So to to break free from our reaction, what I say about state of presence, being present is to connect back to the Experiencer. But if we just react and we're not aware and we don't go backwards towards the Experiencer, then, yeah, we're not free. This reaction is going to come back again and again, just out of a habit of the mind,
1: you know, so... Yeah, thanks a lot. (laughs) You're welcome. uh, Food for thought and uh, (laughs) it definitely encourages me to use more uh, awareness in my next interactions and when I'm triggered. Mm. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye-bye.
0: Hi, everyone. Uh, Another podcast with my friend, Yoel, about freedom in this world, in daily living, how to bring freedom to every minute of your life. Hi. I
1: have a question today about uh, feelings. Um, uh, my personal experience uh, is many times when, I'm, when I look deeper into myself, I, I notice that there are no feelings in me. Like if someone would ask me, what do you feel? I don't feel anything. And um, I'm not sure if it's uh, because of some kind of numbness or uh, stillness or something's wrong with me. Um, yeah, I would like you to talk a bit about feelings and their role and uh, not having feelings, if it's a problem, if it uh, should be different, how to look at it, my experience. Okay, so when you say,
0: when you say I don't have feelings, you mean, uh, okay, let, let's take it, let's take it uh, to another Look at it from another angle. Yesterday we went to the Pearl Jam concert, and they brought this um, guy. He was, uh, what was he? Paralyzed or? Yeah, invalid. Yeah, invalid. The the the, uh, Eddie Vedder, the singer of the band, brought him to the stage because I guess he loved the band. Yeah, and so did you feel anything?
1: Yeah, that I I was really emotional when that happened. I almost cried. I think it was for me (laughs) there. Yeah, okay, for me too. that exciting part of the concert, actually. Yeah, for
0: me too, I was standing and then my eyes were very, were teary, like really touched me. And um, so you have feelings. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fact. Yeah. Okay, so uh, when, do you, when do you say you don't have feelings?
1: Yeah, for uh, many times when I'm just looking into myself, okay, what am I feeling now? I just uh, experience emptiness.
0: Okay, that's fine. I mean, for me, okay, f- f- my understanding of feelings. I mean, I haven't read about feelings uh, anywhere, but for me, feelings—it's—it's uh, it's like we have uh, sensors to feel our our environment, right? It tells us, it's—it's uh, it's a certain um, sensitivity it makes us sensitive to the to the environment, it makes us f- feel reality and like a receptors to reality, right? And. When something happens we 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 feel we feel it in different ways, but nothing happens, so we don't feel yeah now, we can also be dramatic about our feelings, like basically the ego or the mind can take our feelings and make a story out of them, therefore we feel um let's we'll say um have very strong feelings, you know over-dramatize our feelings. So one thing I realized after waking up is that I remember at the beginning of that, ooh, I don't have any feelings. But then I realized, no, I still have feelings. But they're not as in, as not as, they're not dramatized anymore. I, my mind doesn't create a story out of them in order to use them as a, some kind of a building block for my personality or how I see life. Just feelings come and go. They're your sensors mm-hmm. t- to life, you know, just like, uh, how you call it, I think, you know these animal little reptiles, they have these sensors, you know, these things sticking the tentacles. out. Yeah, they feel life. So we, we with our feelings, we, we mm-hmm. it's
1: a human thing to feel life and... Yeah, it's also, I imagine, um, as uh, the feelings as a kind of compass to life, like they... And they can guide me which direction to go. And there, that's where I, I, I have this idea that maybe it's a problem that I don't have such strong feelings because uh, I, I lose some kind of, of direction.
0: Yeah, I think also they're, they're a good compass. Yeah, of course. But there we have to be careful. Like, you know, sometimes um, our feelings, they're not it's it's to be also aware that sometimes our feelings are are reactions from the past therefore our compass um might not be it might not be the most accurate compass for this way you know? but the more aware you become the more authentic your feeling become you know so your feelings are not reactions they're not uh, reactions to past experiences you're just um they read the moment, what's happening in the moment. And... Um, so what was it again, the the, the question, like the, the last thing that you wanted that to... That it's...
1: Um, I see it a bit as a problem that I don't have this guidance of... Uh, of attraction to, to some strong attractions or, or strong dislikes. I'm okay with many situations, but not... don't feel a passion to them. So it gives me a, a sense of uh, lack of direction. Meaning you're open to everything, everything is okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And then it's a sign of uh, of freedom, everything
1: is good, everything is okay if you... Yeah. But it could also experience it as a bit as uh, apathy. Like, okay, this is okay, this is okay. Yeah. I don't really. It makes others also. It gives the impression that uh, I don't care. Yeah, because
0: your your feeling the more free you become, the less uh, your your your. Um, like I said, your feelings are uh, um, are guiding you from past experiences, and the so-called less passionate you are to get something specific. Yeah, everything is okay. There's no specific wound to be filled. You understand? But I believe that if you look closer, if you go deeper within yourself, you'll see that there are still feelings within you. It's just a different quality of feelings. It's not, the feel like I said, feelings that come from a space of lack and make you feel like a rejection of something or a strong desire for something. That This is, you know, that they, they involve that. It's just more of um. You have... A, you're okay with everything and you have... You you you're with your, you with have a sensory to the environment around you, you
1: know, like... But yeah. I also experience that it, it paralyzes me in a way because uh, I see other people they have a strong passion to do that, or to, to do this, and they... They do it, you know, so they have a sense of direction. Uh, but for me, I feel that because I don't have these uh, strong feelings, I... Uh, I'm kind of stuck. I don't know what to do or what not to do. In many uh, junctions and points of uh, dilemma, I have no pull to any direction.
0: But eventually, you're going somewhere. You never stay. That's the nat- nature of life. Life is happening. You just not, don't make a story over it with your feelings. You understand? You, you go every moment, every moment in your life, you go to a certain direction. But there's no drama over it. I think that's that's a not, that's an important thing to to mention here that when we start to become uh, free from our egoic self, we start to judge it as if we're inhuman <laughs> our, our existence is not natural but um yeah it's it's eventually you make a choice you always make a choice a decision right. Maybe it doesn't come from from a space of a a strong desire, but uh, this strong desire is, is uh, most likely many times comes from a space of lack. I mean, when I look at myself, I um, I love to do things. I like you know, like go to a concert or play my music, or but I cannot say that I have this. Um, Strong egoic, you know. I don't have this. Oh, I have to do it. Oh. Yeah. Otherwise, my life is boring
1: or meaningless. Life yeah. is full out as it is, but it's all like extra. You know? Yeah, and it it creates some kind of problem to me in dilemmas which I can't decide with my head, uh, which are not logical uh, decisions. Then I come across this difficulty. Okay, what do I feel? What what attracts me? And there, when there are no strong feelings around, I'm, I'm, I I'm, feel stuck. I believe that you feel stuck
0: as you're judging it. You're waiting for a strong feeling to come. Yeah,
1: that... I wish it was there that, to, to guide me.
0: No, it's, it's... um The more free you are, the less is there and then you just go with whatever. And also... I'm not saying you won't, you'll enjoy it less, but there'll be less of a drama over the enjoyment. you understand? Um, and this is one thing that I also noticed after waking up, that, Sunny, there was no happiness within me. Like, I go to a party, and it was um, I couldn't connect to that feeling of, yeah, I enjoyed myself, but that happiness, ha, 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 it wasn't there anymore. You know, because the ha ha is like, oh finally salvation comes, pulls me out of my misery, you know. <laughs> and then we go pursue another thing. So yeah, life becomes kind of uh how would I say it uh you still creative, you still like to do things and, and but everything becomes um how would I call it um no no highs and lows. Everything is okay. It's okay if it's
1: there, it's okay if it's not there. You know, this is freedom. <laughs> Sounds like a bit uh, of a dry place.
0: <laughs> from the mind. From, from... But no, it's not a dry place at all, because you don't have the lows. You understand? And that's what the mind, human mind doesn't understand. That freedom
1: is not to have the lows. That's but, what freedom is about. But what about the highs? I mean, uh, nobody wants the lows, but we all <laughs> want the highs. We have to give them up. When, when you don't have the lows, you don't look for the highs.
0: You look for the highs just because you want to pull yourself out of the low. <laughs> and you don't. when you don't have the lows, you don't have the highs, and you're just present, then you... Life is um, how would I call it? There is appreciation. You finally see life. You there's appreciation for everything. You cherish everything. And this is uh, I'll take it further. I use the word that no, you really use. You 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 see God in everything. Yeah, that's the thing. You see God in everything when you're not busy with high and lows. See consciousness and the spirit and everything and, and I guess this it's is a way kind of high right when you experience no it's not it. a high it's just like um it's beyond words but but it's much uh it's completely different than high and alls it's uh, how would I describe it? It's just gratitude that's it. It's just like when you wake up in the morning you look at your partner and you just have gratitude that she's there. You know, it's like or your son or your friends and you know it's um, it's with this with gratitude and appreciation for what is is um, much, much more so called satisfying than any high. <laughs> yeah. In the high you're not really present if I look at it. You're not really there and you don't see, you're so in this high, in this, you know. And it's okay, I'm not saying, I'm not judging highs. As long as you come back, as long as your starting point is uh, in in presence, in awareness, yeah. And like I said yesterday, if you look at the concert, um, yeah, it was nice, I enjoyed it, but I cannot say it was like, oh yeah, some people jumping, going crazy, this was the best time of their life. From from how I perceive reality, it was great, but was no difference than uh, going into the car and driving with my wife and yourself and talking in the car, and the drive home was as great, you understand?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. It's just intimacy, to realize intimacy in everything.
1: But this takes me back to the previous conversation. Yeah? Um, of not, not initiating these things, then if, if it's all about intimacy, then why, why to take steps? Why to move into life? Why just not stay at home all day with, the, with your loved ones, or always yourself, and be in intimacy? Why to to create anything outside?
0: It's a natural movement of life. You want it or not, you're gonna go outside and things will be initiated by life itself. Uh, you know, it's like, like not like you know, life moves you, life it's uh it's not you initiate. like I say, you don't have a your own autonomy. You're you're initiated, you're moved by life. And and uh yeah that's about it. Life moves you and, and life will take you to do things that the freedom on your hand is how you interpret it, how you relate to things, how you relate to things. Soon things will happen. You go to a rock concert, you go here, you go there. Life will move you. Now we're sitting here in the basement. We won't stay here, sit here forever. Life will move us out to go explore Berlin for a second. It's happening. we already know it you. Yeah. Instead, now how are we gonna to relate to it? You know, we're gonna look for excitement all the time on the street, buy drugs, or uh, you know, you know how we're gonna relate relate to the moment. That's where freedom is. I tell you how I'm, how I'm going to relate to the moment. I'm gonna cherish the time that we spend together. I'm gonna to be aware of what's around us, the people, and 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 and. Uh, Enjoy life as it is you know the ex- expression of life and in different colors different flavors and, yeah so things are happening you know, freedom is how you, how you relate to them that's all and the more aware you are the more less less identified with your egoic mind mind, mind and body um the more um the more you're free you free are in daily living and less you look for the highs and yeah because you're fuller and and, and appreciate everything that is thank you you're yeah. welcome hello everyone i'm back with uh, my friend yoel and um i'm very curious about the topic that he's is gonna mm-hmm. present uh, us today
1: Hi. Yeah, I have a question about the relationship between uh, psychology and spirituality. Um, I remember you said once that spirituality is like uh, looking yourself in the mirror, and I resonate it resonated within me. And uh, yeah, I'm quite busy with that for years now, and I wonder where does psychology stop spirituality start what what is the relationship between them
0: so okay so for me what we call spirituality is um, exploring the the dimension of who we are beyond our relative identity um, recognizing recognizing ourselves as, as consciousness so the whole path of of finding out who we truly are beyond the mind is spirituality for me and the psychology is basically in the so-called um level of of the mind uh dealing with um so-called our tape recorder everything that we've recorded throughout our lives and created a, an identity with that And how it's affecting our lives, and basically keeping what we need out of this uh, tape recording, tape recorder, and erasing what we don't need. So, to be more accurate, is we need to have an egoic self, a relative self, in order to create in the world, um, be in life basically, because without it, we would be imbeciles, you know. But um, we need, uh, but it has to be so-called a healthy ego. You know, we have to have a healthy ego that um, is free from so-called unwanted reactions. So, uh, yeah, an an egoic self that so-called serves who we truly are and doesn't get in the way so we we're, we're not standing in our own way in life, and it, there's no there's no beginning of there's no end. Basically, okay, when we look at s- spirituality, consciousness, there's no beginning, no end to it. You know, we we're eternal. Of course, there's a begin beginning of an end and an end to recognizing the eternal who we are. And when it comes to psychology that's a different story um because as i always talk about it there's always there's there is a lot of um work that needs to be done like shadow work after waking up and so and basically even from the first moment you you sit on the cushion and meditate you have to deal with your uh, reactions with your neurosis with your shadows and If you're vigilant about it and dedicated, then you're going to minimize them. But even after awakening, it's still going to be there and you're going to need to keep on working at it. Until you come, I can say, to a certain stage where you're not run over by your reactions. And still, you have to be vigilant, and because we never know, you know, different situations in life can trigger things that we 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 we're not aware that we have um, so called uh, that that are still with within us that can be triggered, and then you have to yeah be um, vigilant about it and and work with it if it happens, but. It's it's a level. This is a really high level that even if there's a reaction, you you recognize it very quickly, and you go beyond that. Uh so. Yeah, so I guess. Recognizing, who you truly are, the beyond the mind. There is an end to it when you recognize it. Of course, the beginning and end, and and but you you recognize as something that is endless. And with psychology, like I said, there is an end, but you cannot take it for granted. You know, you cannot take, uh, um, you cannot say, okay, I'm shadow free and that's it. Because things can come up. It's uh you know, you, ev- you evolve as a human being. Suddenly you're, you have kids, let's say, and the kids trigger something. And then maybe when you're an old person, something gets triggered, some situation. We don't know what situations, what kind of situations life will bring us and what is dormant in our subconscious that can get triggered. But the the, the beauty of it all is that even when it gets triggered, we're, we can bring ourselves to such a point that we don't react, we, we, we catch it. Even before we, we 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 sense it coming up and we don't react and even if we react, we can heal it very quickly. Basically, like what we I said in the last podcast, healing it is really going to the source of the reaction, the the feeling that is there, and facing it from a space of presence, and then, it just evaporates because the reaction is a is also an escape from feeling something, and that we remembered as children that we couldn't handle but when you are a, from a space of presence you meet it again you realize hey, there's nothing to uh, escape from there's no need to react so. and is it
1: um that you have to first heal yourself uh, in the psychology manner and then reach to spirituality and discover who you are beyond the mind or is it something that you need to do at the same time is it the same awareness that is aware of my triggers and my patterns that discovers also who I am beyond the mind? Yeah, it's,
0: um, it's a... It's the same and it's, it's an intelligence that has the same base to it, the same, the motivation comes from the same space. If, if look if you're sitting here asking me question what motivates you to to find out to to question things to, to to go beyond yourself basically asking me questions that kind of go against your egoic self or your relative self right and um what's the motive? where does the motivation come from the motivation comes from the the source of it from your eternal self you not might not be aware of it, but when you're going uh and and to satsang you asking questions the longing, the motivation comes from there. So basically you're searching for something until you realize that you're searching for the one who's searching, you understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the, the the motivation comes from there. And
1: um again what was the question? <laughs> yeah, about the relationship between Ah, the two between the psychology and the process I'm doing to get, get ah, sure if you it's next the patients. same, yeah, yeah,
0: and also when in, in this with the psychology, the the motivation to 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 go beyond your shadows, to to be free in the world, basically the motivation also comes from the same space. Who is the one that wants to break through his uh, through this um, pattern of behaviors? I mean, the egoic itself only knows himself has these patterns of behaviors. He wouldn't want to go against himself. Also, so the motivation, the questions, the the willingness to 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 stop re, to break the reactions also comes from the same space of of um of who you are. This is the where the motivation comes from using your intelligence. Now, your intelligence is, n- you not use your intelligence in order to, I think the right word is fortify your ego, yeah? To, you know, accumulate things or to create a stronger relative identity, Yeah, or to get recognition. You know, a lot of times what we do, um, the reason behind it has to a lot to do with um, confirming our egoic self, our relative self. So, also there it's um it's coming from a deeper space so the yeah it's breaking through through psychological barriers or trying to find out who we truly are the 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 source of the fountain is the same one so what what happens in the process is basically You start to come back to yourself, yeah. You you um you you rediscover yourself. Yeah, some people okay, it's already like a non-dual philosophy, I call it, but they say that God is here to rediscover himself through us. So you're asking your questions, like so-called spiritual questions, and suddenly you start to discover yourself, yeah, that hey, I'm actually the one. I'm already I'm not there's nothing new to invent. I'm already here, you know? This is who, what I'm looking for. And also, you started, you also at the same time, breaking, um, trying to break through your, the barriers that prevent you from being yourself in the world, like the, last, the podcast that we had, and we were talking about. And these are the psychological barriers. We can't really separate between these two processes. Cannot separate. Now, there are many teachers that say that, you know, they don't talk about psychology. They say it's enough to realize who you are. Then some say you do psychology uh, after you self-realize. Of course, it's much much easier if you're self-realized to work on your shadows. But how many people are really fully self-realized? And I say that it's important to already work on your shadows before um, you so-called self-realize, because I I have... there's a lot of value also to relative freedom, you know? It's... um, not everyone will be self-realized and... you can really, um... how will I call it, um... live a very, very free and aware life, even if you're not self-realized, because... There are different uh, so-called level of connected connectedness to who we truly are to our uh, to our um, absolute uh, identity, and also there are different levels of um, of freedom from uh, so-called psychological neurosis. I mean if I take a hundred people from the street, they're all in a different space, you know. One will be willing, you know, that there's a huge, it's a huge spectrum between a so-called a, a self-realized teacher or a, a free human being to um one who's a football hooligan that is fully identified with his team, you know, willing to beat up people for, you know, if he loses in the game or whatever, you know, the, and that's what people don't realize, you know, they they don't pay attention to where they really are and value where they are. And and, and they just think about the, the ultimate goal, which I think is good to know about the ultimate goal as an inspiration. But once you have a desire to be there, then you're lost uh, you're in touch with reality where you are. You, you, you're not dealing with what you need to deal. So it has a lot to do with Stepping out of theory, it's good to understand things and working with things that are tangible. And uh, what you have tangible is your your reactions in life that you see when you uh, uh, cultivating silence. These are tangible things you can work with, you know. And then you, you you take it from there. And and of course, you know you know that the ultimate you you you're inspired by um, the ultimate uh, the the absolute truth that uh, you might reach, you know, might not reach. I mean, I don't see it as diff- something different than uh, playing, learning a musical instrument, you know? I mean, we're both playing musical instruments. We both, uh, you know, start playing music late in our lives. So, of course, great musicians inspire us, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it doesn't... Uh, and it will be nice to play as these great musicians, but we really enjoy what we're playing and we are already musicians, we're already... You understand? If you're on the path to freedom, you're already f- free in many ways. Your set of values are different, uh, how you relate to life, how you relate to people, what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, even if you know two notes on your guitar, you, it's you know, you're in there, you're in the music. So, for me, spirituality, uh, human evolution in music is the same. Yeah, I like to, I see it as the same. That's why I think uh, music is so spiritual. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Hi everyone, so here we are again and uh, let's hear from my friend Yoel um, but his next question, I'm curious to know what the topic would be. Always exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's
1: uh, connected to the topic we talked about in the previous podcast about the connection between spirituality and psychology. Um, I feel uh, that I'm progressing in my uh, path and uh, learning many things and understanding many things. And yet, many things are the same. For example, uh, I can give uh, my relationship with my oldest daughter that uh, many times I uh, can explode suddenly. And it always frustrates me that with all these uh, uh, insights and understandings and uh, years of looking into myself, and I know the whole story that still happens, how come at that moment that I'm uh, Something triggers me, I can't hold on to my awareness and to my intimacy and to myself and to my love to her and just throw everything out the window and uh, scream my head off at her. Where is my spirituality there?
0: So, yeah, kids are a great challenge. <laughs> uh, and... um yeah you know it's it's w- when you react when you explode you're basically avoiding feeling uh feeling what is really being triggered that that's the whole thing and I guess it's such a strong memory that uh, from from the past that you automatically avoid it, you know and um it really has to be do with your willingness to to go in there, to explore and well, with the therapist or on your own when it's happening to to bite your tongue and, and really feel what's underneath your, um, your anger or what's being triggered, what's really... what you're avoiding, what's being triggered. Because this explosion is an avoidance of something else. And when you do that, you, you cannot blame your, um, your, your, your child anymore. Because it's basically uh, some, some past experience is being triggered, and that's that's where love comes in. We ask me wheres spirituality where is the spirituality when I'm doing this? Is when you bring yourself to the recognition that it's your own story, then there's a uh, compassion to yourself and to your um, daughter. Now you just see her as a villain, somebody who's doing something bad. And someone who's creating this uh, unpleasant situation between you two. But when you see that you, you're also part of this whole thing, then there's compassion. You know, compassion to both of you. You just, both of you are victims of
1: uh, your own circumstances. These are things I can understand and see when I calm down and I realize I went too far and um, I take responsibility uh, for my reaction. But how does it... um, Why can't I hold on to the space of uh, awareness when I'm triggered? Like on time and and, uh, life, let's say. Not, Not afterwards when I calm down. Because
0: we all... If you look at it, you're not reacting to everyone in this, your reactions are not the same. This is a strong, sometimes we have really strong reactions like you're describing. Mm -hmm. And and this has to, um, many times have to do with the people we really love that we have strong attachment with. And over there we have to really explore, like uh, with a therapist. I, I, I really believe in good therapy to explore what is, what is being triggered. And, and when you meet the space through th- through a therapist, she'll help you, or he'll help you to, to meet the space that is being triggered. Then it'll be easier for you to, to stop the reaction the begin- uh, when it's happening and uh, at a higher stage, when you're more involved with it, to stop it before it's happening.
1: Mm-hmm. And how the reaction
0: we... is a certain disappointment. We look at the bottom of it. Excuse me. The reaction is a certain disappointment. We we expect stuff from people we're attached to, and uh, it it just tr- it just presses on a deep disappointment we have. From some
1: past. Uh, childhood trauma and um, if we take this example how can spirituality help here and not only psychology
0: spirituality what it what it does is so when we like we talked before spirituality is basically your dimension beyond the mind beyond the relative identity so there's your who you know yourself to be, and there's your so-called absolute identity that is nameless. And um, when you interact with life, I like to call it the state of presence. You're present. Yeah, there's somebody who's present. And and when you have a depth, this depth beyond the mind, and when you're present. Then it gives you a, a um, how, how will I say, what will I call it uh, a stable ground that from there you can first of all be aware of what's happening, understand what's happening, and go beyond that. Let go of the of the reaction because your reactions, your story, is part of your identity and if you only have uh you only if you only identify with with your relative identity with the oil then there's no way there's no one to let go of 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 your oil will not let go of part of your you understand? yeah you need to to connect a deeper sp- space within yourself that from there you can let go of your you need to see that your oil is just um, a tool that enables you to to relate to life but it's you're much bigger than that therefore it will be much easier for you to let go of yours so spirituality enables us meaning connecting the more we connect to who we truly are enables us to let go of our of our reactions of our neurosis i call it crystallizing the mind we we bring our we so-called cleanse our mind our minds from negative experiences that stand in our way to bring yeah who we truly are to life so we all have a an egoic self but an egoic self becomes more and more transparent it's still there it's like a window yeah with some qualities and flavors of our of who we, who, who we are, like of our personality, on the relative side, yeah? But, it, it, it doesn't block our true self from shining through to life. So, you know? So reactions, and this people don't, many people don't know that, because it's so easy to get disappointed with psychotherapy. You know, we go to a psychologist, we tell him our problem, and he said, "Oh, he's very compassionate, and, and uh, yeah, gives us all kinds of tools or to, to deal with it, but w- we don't realize how much we need to be proactive with this shadow story, to overcome it. So if you have a story with your daughter, it's really do all it should be the most important thing for you in your life now to deal with. Uh, this uh, type of reactions to do therapy to go into it and then when it's happening like I explained in the podcast yesterday how to deal with shadow how to go beyond it when it happens to really apply yourself and be proactive in order to go beyond that and and this is something that many many people don't realize and many people avoid because it's such a frustrations you know we go to psychologists for many years and then we have non-dual teachers that promise us freedom beyond that so who wants to deal with psychology if there's a freedom that is beyond that and of course there is freedom beyond the psychology we can realize ourselves be who we are beyond that and everything but it's still partial we, you cannot avoid you're gonna have to deal with your shadows because even if you you realize yourself as as, as a free human being you're gonna still react so
1: you cannot escape you cannot escape it's, uh, so so yeah, did i understand right that uh psychology helps you to discover your patterns and know them and spirituality can give you the platform to yeah. look to look from the side or to have the bigger picture.
0: And let go. Yeah, because you're not, you're not attached. When you realize yourself beyond the mind, you're not attached to so-called your, your relative self. It's there, but you're not attached with it. It's much more easier to let go, to question. Think about it. A person who has no, and, and again, like I said, I say many podcasts. If I take a hundred people from the street, they're different. Everyone is. everyone is uh, has a certain relationship with his true self. Some are not connected at all, completely identified in the mind. Some have some, a little bit of a connection. Some have more. So. um
1: So yeah so the so, so the people who have more connection to themselves they have a they have a side view of their mind that they can handle their their patterns in a better way yeah so if so some
0: have the ones that have a a deeper connection to themselves um the more you're connected to yourself more it, the easier it is for you to to admit for instance uh this is what i wanted to say. The easier for you is it is to admit that you're wrong in a conversation, let's say. So the ones who are really identified, we can see it. Forget about reaction. Well, let's look at human behaviors. Some people cannot admit that they're wrong, right? Why is that? Because they have a, a whole... And we know this. both of us from business and all that. There are people who never admit a mistake. Why? Because they have a certain self-image and admitting a mistake is what, like... Taking the air out of their self image out of their relative self that they that 's all they know to be now if you have more of a connection of yourself beyond the mind you can you can admit thing you're wrong you can um, you you're not so uh, rigid in life instead that. so that 's why unaware people are very rigid they're very everything is black and white. Yeah, in order to go, to hold their identity, to confirm their identity, who they believe themselves to be, you know, the more aware you become, the more you can, uh, meaning, um, the more you're connected to your true self, the more space you have to admit in, in, in failures or mistakes. Yeah, be compassionate and uh, not uh what I mean being compassionate, your your own interest is not so in so is not uh, so important anymore. You can give the other one more space or you know, because uh you don't need to confirm to yourself so strongly of who you are. You know it's uh it's it's your whole lifestyle is different. Yeah, it's uh Life uh, is a great playground that shows us um, where we are, where other people are. Our behavior is a direct uh, mirror of where we are with ourselves, uh, psychologically and spiritually. Yeah. All right. Thank
1: you
0: very much. You're welcome. Hello, everyone. Another podcast with my friend Yoel, who's always bringing interesting topics that uh, trigger my curiosity and
1: interest to express myself, so. I mean, uh, today I'd like to ask you something uh, very practical, uh, you know, in our uh, busy world and uh, full of activities, I would like to know what do your comments for people, as. A practicality of spirituality. What do you recommend them? Like, what are the do's that they need to do each day? If they, let's say if the uh, the schedule is busy, what do you recommend that they technically do to develop their awareness and uh, advance in spirituality in the spiritual world?
0: Yeah, it's it's very simple, you know, and very difficult for the mind to accept it connecting to who you truly are, it comes through silence, through, I call it, cultivating silence. So, all it is, is basically finding yourself a space in the day, like an hour, half an hour, when you spend time on your own in silence. And whatever you do, if it's walking in the park or whatever it is, just get accustomed to be in silence on your own and slowly to enjoy it and and, and to feel at home and this space so at the beginning you might feel lonely or bored or whatever feeling may might arise it's just uh, your egoic self fighting for its survival its uh, dominance it's like i always say it's like pulling a fish out of the water that is fighting for air but the more space you're going to give, the more um, you're going to discover the the beauty of spending time on your own in silence. And this is going to create, uh, open the, uh, a a door in your being and connect you to who you truly are beyond the mind. So it is very simple, the moment we make it complicated. This is a... Uh, we, we we unknowingly create a, another spiritual identity. And this is um, not a good thing. Basically our practice, we, we enter the spiritual path in order to realize who we truly are. And then we again, we connect, we start to identify with a new role in life. So the much, the more s- simple the practice is, the better because the our egoic self cannot create a story around it. So if I tell you, yeah, I just walk in the park and enjoy your silence on your own, can you
1: make can egoic self make a story about this kind of activity? Can you tell something about the, the, the quality of the time that I spend with myself? How, how should it look? I mean, I, I guess it's not a, just half an hour sitting and thinking about all the things I need to do tomorrow. But what do I do in that time with myself?
0: I like to say become your own best friend I call it just learn to to be your own best friend I think for me there are times in my life when they were very difficult and I was on my own and um okay there was also psychological pain involved and I learned to become my own best friend To be good, so you do good things to yourself, just kind of cut it within yourself and take care of yourself. Hug yourself, if I use this metaphor. Yeah, you gotta learn to become your own best friend. Also, I know it doesn't sound so sophisticated,
1: (laughs) but, uh, yeah. So you mean like, uh to look at my, where I am at this moment and if I'm hurt or, or triggered or whatever, to give myself some uh, self-empathy, to bring of myself... Of course, mm-hmm.
0: of course, it's all about lo- learn, loving yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. And when you talk about loving yourself, and I guess you don't mean like appreciating my qualities, you, you're talking about something else?
0: Yeah, of course, it's not. It's loving yourself as you are, just... it will come with, with silence when you, when you... It's an outcome of, of being with yourself in silence and aloneness. This love, this unconditional love to yourself will arise with it. That has nothing to do... That has nothing to do with your achievements or, sh- or success. It's just like lying in bed when you lie in bed. It's the same as lying in bed on Sunday morning when you wake up and you have this time to hang around yourself in bed under the pillow, under the thick blanket. It's, it's you know, that's it. It's like being a, like it's being a cat. <laughs> you know? Mm. It's just
1: appreciating your own existence, loving your own existence. And loving your own existence, you mean I, I truly feel the emotion of love, like I feel it towards um, my children, or w- what kind of quality of love are you talking about? I'm talking about, um,
0: yeah, it's love, yeah, freaking we can, co- yeah, it's, it's all words, but, um, yeah it's the same love. There's only one love, love for your children, one thing, love for yourself, love for the trees, it's only the same love, so... It's 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 unconditional love to yourself, the same way that a uh, healthy love to your children is unconditional love. It's, um... Appreciating your own existence. And the fact that you're alive and seeing the... how marvelous it is. So in silence and aloneness, you... you, you 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 can you you will connect to it. You can see that You go to a, even a yoga class sometimes an hour yoga class, or you sit in meditation for an for an hour, and uh, you go out and there's a different quality to your existence. I don't know. You know, many people f- feel it. Um, I mean, every time you come from some kind of a retreat and stuff, you are, you 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 express it to me that. Um, you felt so wonderfully open and vulnerable and so when you're on your own this uh, op- openness and vulnerability that you come and in talk in, in touch with is is um is, it's what it's all about
1: you know and is there a way that i can guide myself to reach that point in a moment
0: It'll happen automatically when you when you just stay in silence and then aloneness you no know, it's it's your true nature it's there it's like yeah that's that's a marvelous thing about it. maybe at the beginning you'll be a bit agitated bored lonely blah, blah blah, but if you really stick to it, you walk down say let's say the uh, i will tell you exactly how it happened. you be on your own, you walk down the park or whatever. Sunny, you feel okay. There's a certain level, you, there's an okayness there for no reason. Everything is okay, and you're just enjoying yourself. And then, somebody there's some vendor selling okay, this is in India, maybe <laughs> I want to say, selling peanuts. And you buy yourself a, a few, like a bag of peanuts, and you walk around, you eat your peanuts, and you look, and everything is okay, and you. And you feel good with yourself and, and, and there's and you look at your surrounding at the trees and and you love what it is and yeah, that's about it.
1: Yeah. Sounds <laughs> <was> good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you. You're welcome.
0: Hi everyone. Uh, a friend of mine just sent me a question that he's busy with and it is um what to do when the mind is very busy, uh, emotions are strong, some strong issue is happening. And it's a very typical question and we hear it a lot. How to deal with it? What to do? So my answer is not to do anything, just to watch it, just to be aware of it. Cause the whole point is to realize who we are beyond the mind. The whole point is to realize that we are consciousness itself. Consciousness, watching manifestation, manifests itself through ourselves. So when we observe our mind, we observe our emotions, we are observing manifestation. And we should just let it be. It's not up to us. What's going to happen with it? We're not in control there. Thoughts come, thoughts go. The, man, the mind is reactive. The only thing we can do is just watch it. And naturally, when we start to break the spell of identification, thinking that we are the mind, because when we say what to do, we think that, we are the mind we have control over it yeah we can do something about our mind that is busy but we cannot do anything and the more we start to disidentify with our from our mind naturally our mind our relative identity will not be so chaotic because it will not be fragmented anymore our Body, mind will be rooted in consciousness. Strong emotions, strong uh, uh, thoughts are a result of our lack of understanding. Yeah, we have a lack of understanding there. We think that we have control. Therefore, we're so busy. And we seek to control. But the moment we real we start to realize that there is a depth between the, this uh, space, there's a, there's calmness there, there's unconditional. The mind will start to quiet down. The body mind at this point does not know that there's something else. He thinks he's fragmented, all alone there in the in the duality of existence. So bringing awareness to what's happening and not judging, not trying to change is doing the most important thing. It's creating disidentification and reminding ourselves who we really are. Who is the one who's aware of the emotions? Who is the one who's aware of the busy mind? This is the most important thing to do. To use every opportunity to ask ourselves, Who am I? Who is the watcher? This is the the essence of uh, spiritual freedom. Okay, thank you very much. Hi, everyone. Just received a question from someone regarding our soul. And the question is do we have a soul mission? And I don't know if you've read my book, but there's a, I, in my book I dedicate a, a chapter regarding the soul. And yeah, that there is a unique perspective that each one of us has, a unique expression. And once we come into alignment with it, once we give it space, then what happens is I call wholeness we become whole meaning consciousness expresses herself or itself through our unique perspective a unique expression and we manifest it in the world And this is something that I investigated for many years, because the soul is a very delicate domain, especially when when you're awakened. And to get in touch with the soul and understand the whole, um, I'll call mechanism of the soul is, is pretty challenging. So yeah, of course there there is this uh unique unique expression, like I said, unique perspective. And if you look at um so called awakened beings, everyone is different. Everyone has a different flavor. Everyone has a different perspective. And one can say, yeah, but it's it comes from the conditioned mind. But no, it's not always like that. Of course, some of it might be influenced by the mind, you know, where the person has grown up and so forth. But if we look deeper into it, there is something deeper there. There's something that is uniquely part of ourselves that expresses itself through ourselves, and it has nothing to do with our conditioning. Our conditioning cannot touch it our our um, so-called psychological neurosis cannot touch it, our limitations cannot touch it, and usually this uh, soul what I call it, recognition of the soul happens after we crystallize the mind. Yeah, when the mind is very busy, very active, it's hard for us to to tap into a space that is beyond conditioning, that is still relative. Yeah, it's still relative, but it's not conditioned. So the soul is let's put it this way is, relative and not relative. It's like one foot in in, in manifestation and one foot in the beyond. It's that bridge. From the beyond to the world and that bridge is where manifestation happens that's why there's a people experience pain part of the that let's say part of the pain they experience is because they're not living their soul uh, so-called purpose that they, they don't give enough space to their soul. They're identified with um, what they should do or they shouldn't do, what is right, where is wrong. The they apply conditioning from the manifested reality up onto the soul. That they they limit their soul's movement. And there's a there's no joy there. On the other hand, if you'll see somebody like an artist or a musician who's really one with his uh, soul expression, with his unique perspective, then there's a natural joy there. And yeah, there's a natural joy of, of, of being aligned with who you really are. At least at the moment, the moment of creativity. After that, maybe he gets off stage and... Uh, his mind kicks in, his identification, his neurosis. But the moment of expression, his soul shines, shines forth. Let's put it this way. Yeah, so, we have to be careful with, with, with the soul mission, this declaration the creation of a soul mission. That this is my soul mission, because then the the egoic self, can strength strengthen itself. Yeah, by by hijacking the soul, the soul's uh, a true longing for for manifestation for expression. Hijacking it and. And saying, this is my mission. And I want it to be like this and like that. Because the soul has no, no personal agenda. How things should be, how things should uh, come out. Because the soul doesn't have to strengthen their own identity. The soul is like just like a channel that, that allows consciousness to shine through it. And expresses herself through it. But the moment the egoic self hijacks it and say grabs it as if it's his own voice and says, oh, this is my soul mission, then things can become nasty, can become aggressive. You're on your soul mission and you have to fulfill it. So you have ideas how it should be fulfilled. You have agendas there. You, you see the difference? I hope you see the difference. <coughs> Whereas an expression that comes from the soul, it just comes and there's no attachment to, goes through, there's no attachment where it goes, no caring how it gets expressed. And And that's it. There's freedom freedom from creativity. When you're really connected to your soul's calling, when you're really connected to your soul, you're free from your creativity. Your creati- creativity doesn't bind you. There's no urgency in the creativity. It doesn't have to express itself or itself in a certain way. Yeah. But if you're a musician, an artist, and you're so concerned with your self-image, with your success, and you're using your creativity, you're using your expression to, come to, to for that, then there's huge suffering there. Then the, you might be in touch with your unique expression, your soul's unique expression. You might be in touch with it but you already identified with egoic needs and yeah this is when your expression becomes painful so to realize your soul's expression is just to be quiet and allow things to be and how do you know if it's true how do you know if it's right if you really Align with your authenticity. There's a feeling of easiness, a feeling of fullness, a, fi- a, fi- a simplicity there in your expression, a joy. Yeah, just like watching a street musician playing or, yeah, or a kid playing. There's joy there, there's, there's lightness there. He doesn't think about his mission. If his playing is going to give him anything in the, at the end of it. Or how good it is. See? When you truly align with your expression, you don't care how good it is, if it's good or bad. This thought doesn't go through you. The mere expression of your uniqueness is enough. You play one note or you play 20 notes. Yeah, it's the same expression. Music goes through you. You jog two kilometers or you jog 10 kilometers. Expression goes through you. It does not matter how far you go. You just be quiet and allow life express itself through you in its unique way. And this is the beauty of this reality that all is one, everything is consciousness. Yet life expresses itself in each one of us in a different way. The birds sing, the flowers bloom, and we have our uh, own expressions of human beings. And every human being is different. But when you take a child and you tell him you have to be a lawyer, a doctor, or whatever you brainwash him with, you disconnect him from his, from his soul. He forgets about it. So he goes on makes all the money or whatever he does with it. But yeah, there's no joy there. Might be moments of happiness when he's successful, and makes money, but it's not joy. Joy is different than happiness. Joy has nothing to do with achieving anything. It just deep purity of being aligned with your expression that's how i see joy okay that's it for today thank you very much